Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Take Two. Do we call this the Daylight Saving Week, or is this the St. Patrick's Day version? St. Patty's Week. The spring kickoff. Yes, yeah, spring kickoff. I mean, it's it's, it's a whole lot of going Greg's on. Greg's in green. So I'm, I'm, I'm making St. Patrick's Day a week. So You are oh, celebrating all yeah. week of It's a week-long celebration How do you in celebrate? honor of the Irish. How yeah. do you celebrate there, Mr. Hughes? No comment. No, I'm just Do you kidding. buy that I, fancy I'm wearing this. Whatever. Well, look at me. I'm, I'm wearing a bright green hoodie. So that's, that's it. Well. That's, with your that's best you bring gray it. sweatpants, that's we're my... all we're all super casual. Man, why are you gonna out, why are you gonna shame me on my wardrobe? Why we gotta go there? I know. I mean, I'm gosh, the same. I'm, I'm having a bad day. I you know I just couldn't get it together today. I've got my mom clothes on too it. because I'm sneaking out because we've got March Madness this mm-hmm. week. So no newscasts at five and six. So I'm going to go be a soccer mom and cheer my son on. Nice. And Mara's like it's Friday too. We're all just like boom. My office is closed today. I'm the only. Schmo work. Is it a holiday I didn't know about? It, it, I, no, it's it, her made-up it, holiday. She does this. It's my made-up holiday. Like she, yeah. This is one of those What's virtue signaling well, moments. It's just called an appreciation day. <laughs> <laughs> See? When she wants a day off, she calls it employee appreciation so True. that everybody's like, oh, we have the greatest boss in the world. She just didn't want to work today. That's I, all. That's I all worked. I'd I like would to appreciate point it out. that as a I, boss. I worked today. <laughs> That's awesome. And how many employee appreciation days are there in a year in case I'm thinking about switching? There's two and a half. Two and a half. Oh, yeah. please. There are. There are. In addition to the regular holiday <laughs> schedule. Two and I a half like a that. week. And did you plan it because it was going to be like the first weekend of spring or it just felt good after a break, after the we legislative pick, session? Yeah, we pick the holidays that are short, or the, excuse me, the months that are short on holidays. Mm. You know, where you just need a little <laughs> something, something. Yeah. And you, you just, you know, you need those milestones to fight towards those days yeah. off. And so we look at the calendar and we're like, okay, this is when we need a little break and... Utah. Yeah. Which was it, huh? I mm-hmm. feel like I need a break after I love daylight saving because the days are longer. It just feels nicer. But I feel like somebody kicked me in the face all week long because it's just that getting up an hour earlier for the alarm clock. I'm like, yeah. I'm feeling it more this this week. I you don't are. know. Yeah. I, it's because you're getting old. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Thank you for that. Now you're age shaming me. That's good. <laughs> so I, now I dress. I don't dress, uh, you know, event appropriate, and now I'm old. Yeah. This I is a it. podcast. We can wear whatever we want. Yeah, old, that's true. We're old in this one, one would think, Heidi. Yeah. One would think. That's, yeah. It's true. I just like to give our listeners, I was going to call them viewers, but you kind of can visualize us how much I describe here. So yeah. I want our listeners to know what they're feeling in the room. Mm-hmm. And we also have a guest in here um, watching today who's far better dressed than we are. He yes. does look much sharper Mara, than tell we a, do. tell us his name. We have Jordan Williams with us here today. He is Ali Isom's Senate, U.S. Senate campaign manager, but he's also a Ph.D. student at the University of Utah. Ooh, yeah, he's busy. Undergraduate he's work busy in Penn State or graduate work in Penn State? Yeah. Yeah. Master's at Penn State. Yeah. Undergraduate in Connecticut. 
Wow. I have no uh, graduate degree, so now I'm feeling like i got to no, step I th- up my I he, game. Jordan might be judging us during this. I'm I not sure. I think so. <laughs> well, uh, since it is Daylight Saving Week, um, we came in on Monday. Everybody was kind of feeling the excitement between, yay, we've got an extra hour, and oh my gosh, my brain hurts. And all of a sudden, the Senate comes out of nowhere and yeah. unanimously votes, let's make this permanent. Did we expect this? I feel like we've been complaining about this for years. Why did they do this right now, Mara? I don't know. I felt like it was out of the blue, too. So, you know, we did this experiment, what, about 50 years ago in the U.S.? I feel like early 70s we was did it this. Was 60s, maybe? 70s? Uh, yeah, and we did it, and then we didn't like it. So I tried to look up what it would mean to us. So I, I feel like it means that during the dark time, our first, our latest sunrise is apparently 7.50 in the morning. So that would make our latest sunrise 8.50. And then our earliest sunset is like 4.59, and it would make our earliest sunset. It is interesting to think about because I hate changing the clock, but when you think about sending your kids off to school when it's dark outside, that part's not fun either because... Well, and dark until almost 9, right? Like dark until 8.50. That's... That's really late. late. I know. How do you I get know. up We just get need going. to pick a time, and then we'll, we'll all be just fine if we pick Just one. call I mean, it just time. Call it which, whatever it is. It's either the keep the daylight savings where it is or but you don't keep like the, the standard route. time. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Mm. As I am getting older, it becomes more of an interruption in my in my In your life? My sleep cycle. I just don't. I'm the really? same. No, I'm, yeah. As you get older, you notice some more? This I'm entire a really week, bad sleeper, yeah. This entire week, I've had a difficulty. I've been going to bed way later than I normally do. Yeah. Even more than the hour that it is, I've been going to bed later. So I don't know what the world, what's going on. But I'll tell you this. So we're you're not for it. A, you're oh yeah. for a. Well, okay. it was an, it was an agreement. So it used to be, uh, this wouldn't happen till later in the spring. And it used to be earlier that we would go into daylight yeah. savings. It was, and it was before Halloween. And people started complaining that they wanted the natural light for Halloween for the kids to be out. So this, this daylight saving, the time period has changed even just recently. I, I'm pretty sure. Is so that like a right? It was like a few no. years ago yeah. that I think it happened because it, it was more like October yeah. and I forget when. It the, was conference. Yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I sort that's of remember it yeah. too. Isn't that right? That yeah. was, so that's yeah. uh, be October and April, but that, yeah. they've changed that. But I'm, I, it was it was done for an agrarian reason. It was you know they you know the, our farmers needed more daylight for when they were working the crops. This is why our schools are from September to to spring. I mean this this is all focused around a summer of of harvest or a summer of farming and everything else. We don't do that as much anymore. We can kind of, kind yeah. of you know level out to it just the one interesting time. part though, and I don't remember it a few years ago when the Utah legislature passed it. It didn't really have any teeth to it because even though it was signed by the governor, you had to have three states around you. There had to be an act of Congress. Right. But I believe ski resorts and ran- farmer and ranchers were the right. ones who were fighting against it, and so they wanted the sun. I'm guessing earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I have never been or later. I thought it was later at night they wanted. Maybe. Know, it's also interesting that we, we think sense. it's sort of, when I listen colloquially, we're like, think it changes the, you know, weather and time. I'm like, really? We're just changing our arbitrary clocks. Yeah. Which we, I'm agnostic I mean, like, on which know, one we do. I just you want just one. You just want one? Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll adapt to either, which, well, whatever one it is, Congress I'll be Congress is headed your way. Well, well, and right now it seems like they're putting a pause on it because everyone's so excited about the Senate just acting out of the middle of nowhere. But it seems to me the House <laughs> at this point is like, eh, yeah. we'll take a pass on well, it. So. You, you legally can go to the standard time and not change, I guess. That's why Arizona never changes. Arizona opted into, I think, in like 1964. Someone can Google check me on that. And oddly enough, I think Hawaii, because they're so close to the equator, they've got their mm. out to keep their time as well, is. And I feel like Indiana, there's where Notre Dame is, I feel like there's a couple of counties in the Midwest that are like beaten to their own really? drum too. Interesting. Wow. I feel like 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't really have a preference either, but I do hate the constant, like, I don't know. It's too much work changing. My brain, too. I'm a bad sleeper. But that's just me complaining about first world problems. I'm guessing other people have (laughs) bigger fish to fry currently. Uh, I want to talk a little bit um, about COVID numbers. And uh, they are falling in the state along with hospitalizations, which is awesome, great news right now. And that's why, finally, we are in our first week of face masks free at KUTV. So it's nice to see your faces. while we're talking about these lower numbers, though, there's two different things going on this week, which I think are interesting. Moderna is asking for permission for its fourth booster shot from the FDA. And meanwhile, President Biden saying that we need more COVID funding going to Congress and saying we need that. Before we go into it, I want to give you a few of the numbers just so you know how we are right now. I think it's hard looking at a specific day to see how we're doing. So I looked at the 28-day average as of yesterday. And... Um, Of the cases for the 28 days, 6,288 Utahns who were not vaccinated or partially vaccinated got COVID. Another 4,754 who were vaccinated. That means two shots two weeks out from that. And then another 3,683 vaxxed and boosted um, got sick. So if you add those numbers together, technically a few more uh, people who are vaccinated are getting sick right now than not. But we also have a state who has far more people who are vaccinated. So uh, this is a lot the same. I'll post the numbers online for hospitalizations. Deaths are still happening. I thought that we would have completely gotten rid of them. But we're definitely looking like we haven't looked this good and this few cases in a long time. Greg, do we need to pony up more money money for the next variant that comes through, whether it's B2, I forget what it's called, or... Yeah, I I don't think so, Heidi. I'll tell you that um, I think that the Omicron uh, variant that went around the world was really Mother Nature trying to work this out, I think, because it it did had very low uh, fatality rates. The symptoms were not severe, and yet it was so highly contagious, and those that had been vaccinated and even had the booster shot didn't seem to have any, any immunity to that. And so I think I think the strongest thing that can happen is that people get some of the, one of these variants that help drive the antibodies. And I just think we're fooling ourselves if we think that we're going to get in front of any of this. I think at some point we have to treat this like a virus. I think it's more of an endemic than a pandemic. And so I just think that I, – I, and I get – when you see the, the, the profit numbers of like Pfizer where they're 85% of their profit uh, this year or something was, was from the vaccine – and this was a giant company before we ever had. They're probably a, having a lot a of pandemic. Um, so, appreciation days for their employees. Sure, exactly. Think about how much that company was making Friday. before <laughs> there was a vaccine, and now eighty-five percent of their profits are from this. I just don't want those companies that are doing that to say, "Well, you know, it turns out we need another booster. We need four. We need five. I maybe I'm a cynic, but sometimes I worry about profit margins driving some of these decisions. I just think that. We're in an endemic situation at this point. I think we'd fool ourselves to think it's going to disappear off the face of the earth. So let's all get naturally immunized by uh, natural antibodies and and go so from I think there. For me, where the Biden administration needs to up their ante, I mean, he, they, they have continued to say we need to continue to fund this. I feel like they're woefully lacking sort of the targeted nature of why, right? I think to Greg's point, if it's generalized, we're all like, hey, listen, we're not at the phase anymore where we just want lots of federal dollars. Moved yeah, we don't into need to be space. like throwing out dollar so bills, when you making it dig rain. a little deeper. He, there are some programs they want to put into place that um, begin to distribute more heavily into other countries. And I think if you could connect that 
that to Americans traveling. I mean, I think it has to be really surgical and really clear on its outcome, or I think everybody is tired of this wholesale mammoth spending. Uh, I will say, the other thing that's showing up for the first time, so I'm watching the tournament last night, and there's this ad, and, and most COVID ads lately have been more in the PSA, sort of the government sponsoring them. I'm watching this ad and it's about um, if you get sick, there's now tablets you should take. And hey, if you're not feeling good, contact your doctor. And it's a Pfizer ad. And it is just a Pfizer ad for drugs, the oral drug that you could take to limit it getting severe. It so was it's the a therapeutic. First time, but it's right. the first yeah. time I've also seen sort of Pfizer advertising beyond just a public service announcement to get immunized. Yeah. Um, so so I thought that was an indication of the next phase that we're in. But I might be game for more federal funds, but the Biden administration needs to step up their communications about why and how are we targeting problems now, not just universal um, yeah. public health. Because if not, you're just adding to the inflation and the problems that sure. we're dealing with right now if you're just throwing money out there. And interestingly enough, when you mentioned those commercials, I have been researching like crazy because I'm dying to find out how they're getting around um, normal commercials. So the United States, and is it New Zealand, maybe another country, are the only countries in the world that allow um, advertising of pharmaceuticals on TV. Mm. And so, and it happened, I forget how many years ago, but we didn't used to see, you know, commercials with people sitting in bathtubs on a hillside with a sunset <laughs> talking about. <laughs> yeah, on my football game, by the way, with my kids watching that one you oh, just no. mentioned, which is inappropriate for kids going, what, last my six hours? My least favorite before? is the one where what? they have the Do I have to call carrots? a doctor for it? I don't even you know what the little medic- kids asking me that question. Your explain it to you, Greg. Well, they were little at the time. They, these things have been haunting it. my life for a long time, but The commercials, commercials are 60 seconds and 30 seconds is how it's going to make your life better and yeah. you're, you know, making dinner in the kitchen and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, girl, let's get it on. But the last you see, you're still on that commercial. I don't I want to talk about that. It doesn't matter what it is, but the next it's 30 so seconds horrible. are like, this could give you bloody diarrhea. Right. You <laughs> could get yeah. asthma, and it may kill you. And it gives yeah. off a long list of side effects, and you're like, why would I ever take this? The one thing that's interesting to me, though, is I haven't seen anything, whether it's the vaccination or these other therapeutics, where they're listing out the side effects, which is required by law. So I don't know if there's some loophole in the advertising for this right now. <laughs> but if you listed off some of these side effects, like if you listed off, I think people would be like, what the yeah. yeah. So I think that's interesting. I don't know how they're getting around that, but um. that's actually a good question. I, I know how they're doing it with the vaccine. There's a there is a immune a legal immunity to any kind of uh, any, because any, the emergency any, use. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. Well, even even if it's not emergency, they have a vaccines have you can't sue like vaccines you would. aren't the same as yeah. So you can, it's not like Fen. Remember when Fen Fen was yeah. hurting yeah, people's yeah. heart valves and sure. there was this massive class action lawsuit. You cannot sue any pharmaceutical company that pushes out a vaccine they're 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 immune from that but most vaccines not the covid vaccines most vaccines whether it's the childhood vaccines you can um file a lawsuit but it's i don't i don't know what the right word is it's not a secret court but it's a court that's not open to the Uh, public and if if you win your case you have to sign a confidential confidentiality agreement and you can never speak of what the settlement was or what happened in it it's a pretty complicated system it's not super open it pays out a lot of money every year but the covid vaccines are not included in that so we can talk more about that another week hey we need to talk about this the rnc has decided that salt lake city is not fit to be the host city of the 2024 (laughs) uh republican national convention i know i may have put a little spin on that so mara are we just not in the 
so always they the bridesmaid, right never the bride. Yeah. So they're down to two cities. They they threw us a bone and said we're in the running, right, for the following presidential year. And I want to say another city dropped out, and so they're down was to it two. Pittsburgh, I forget. I feel like it was Milwaukee, or is Milwaukee Maybe. already in it? Nashville, I think Milwaukee. Milwaukee's in it actually, and then I can't remember who else. So uh, you know, the two cities that they are looking at. Um, both have put in bids and were somewhat interrupted a little by COVID. So I think some of it may have been, you know, looping back. Kind of waiting in line. Yeah. yeah and I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I, it, it, I'll, I'll resist the urge to mock because I'm going to channel a few weeks ago when Greg talked about how he didn't actually think it was in his friend's interest, Mr. Trump, or the general interest of the RNC to have it held in Utah. He felt like it would turn off Utah. Yeah, you got Romney and everyone else crying about about President Trump, I don't. We don't need that in a convention if he I was the nominee. I think it's cool to have a big convention in Salt Lake City. The problem is, though, when you look at how much our vote matters, every vote matters. But Utah right. isn't one of those states it's that not generally, you know, is a battleground state. And Pittsburgh and Salt Lake City are the two cities that are out. And right now, I have Milwaukee serious connection to both in. of those towns. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that nexus you know with Greg Hughes. Yes, and we've been doing and some nice ribbing of <laughs> our chief meteorologist here um, because he was invited to go speak at the meeting when the RNC was here to pitch, you know, Salt Lake City. Oh, and so he was going to go talk about the weather. And Sterling is always over-prepared. And he went in there and talked about the weather and he talked about the worst case scenarios that rarely can happen mm-hmm. and Utah's only tornado happened um, in the time frame where the RNC would come here and so uh, he gave <laughs> so him he a, mentioned that he, he, he mentioned the tornado and gave <laughs> oh, him a good nice. show of you know sometimes we'll have flash flooding and there will be like an outhouse floating down a neighborhood street or something yeah so he gave him like the whole shebang well, thanks to for look that. at worst so case scenario so you know when they decided it wasn't gonna be Salt Lake City I'm like Sterling yeah, you, you just kind of deep sixed like, it with the yeah. tornadoes and floods. Everybody else was like, Come "Our here. weather's great." Yeah. yeah. So our weather, yeah. we don't have the crazy humidity. Though. Do you Those have any inside scoop, Greg? I do. About why well, they no, I, but I will say this: I have a lot of friends that were working hard for that uh, bid and to do that, and you have to raise a lot of money in your state to do it. And so I don't want to be overly happy that or you know spike the ball too much. But I will say this: just strategically. There's a reason, I mean, Pittsburgh would have made more sense or just one of these swing states, as you mentioned, Heidi. When we, it, when I attended the national uh, Republican National Convention in Cleveland in 2016, there's a really strong reason why it was in Cleveland and in Ohio because that, that's a swing state. That's a state you want to yeah. win in the fall. And so having, you know, having that kind of momentum in that state and what that ripple effect would be matters. And I think that that's what you want to do in a – in a, in, a, in a good convention, you'd want to go to a state that you think you have the numbers that you ha- are competitive in, but it's not a giveaway, yeah. and you want to put a little extra umph in those states because they matter. And so that's that wouldn't be Utah. Utah's going to go Republican, and it's going to be whatever the, whoever the nominee is. It's it's by that kind of large margin. So I wouldn't I wouldn't look at a state like Utah just for that reason alone. Although if Trump were in again, I think it's one of those big question marks. I think that a lot of people thought that Evan McMullen was going to pull out a win here, and I think that, you know, it was, you know— and enough of votes more that Trump needed for his victory. So, I mean, it mattered. Utah does sometimes, you know, kind of well, we certainly play mattered in the, pri- up. in the 2016 uh, primary season. We were actually really relevant in that March time frame. Yeah. The, the, the primaries in Florida had just concluded. Right. Marco Rubio dropped out. Jeb Bush dropped out. There was just uh, case. Yeah, our timing and, mattered. At the and uh, yeah. And uh, Ted Cruz left with Trump. And so for first time in a long time, all eyes were on Utah in terms of right. what our caucus means. Being relevant like. is fun. Is Trump going to run again? I really don't think he's going to. I think he is. I think he's going to run. I think it's 
problematic on a lot of fronts, and I'm a huge Trump fan, but there are just some people maybe in this room who have such Trump derangement syndrome that mm. what people will do if he runs, it is just the gnashing of teeth and the absolute just apoplectic reaction to that is just, it, it will be exhausting. Yeah, I know. He will, he will. <laughs> How are um, your teeth, Mara? They look, they, I've, I've been gnashing. And I'm, they, and I'm good with him, but I'm telling you, there's just something about him that just raises ire beyond anything yeah, you'll see with another candidate. Something I can't maybe because he's not a, Maybe because he's not an apologist pressure. to the Democrats like yeah, all the other candidates would that's be. That's exactly. So I, who's going to be his running mate? I don't know. Not Pence. Not Pence. Well, look, he, it's, a, it's a different like, time. It seems like Pence is trying to get ready to run himself. I think, I think he will. he's been out there a lot. I think he lot. will. Yeah, he I thought will. it was interesting that Trump made a point of saying it wasn't Pence, though. It'll be in, I, This is the first time the last few weeks with um, Putin in Ukraine, the first sort of obvious sustained fumbles that he has had since he left office. And, yeah, and can I say, just object, this is objective, by the Ooh, way. This is just balls and strikes, okay? Yes, okay. we assume when that. The, when the mainstream media starts saying, uh, we don't think Saudi Arabia hangs the phone up or doesn't bother to call back the United States if Trump is president, or we think that you know some of the circumstances we're living through here would be different and actually in a better way if Trump was still president, That's a, those are observations you wouldn't think you would hear from uh, more mainstream media yeah, I mean, heads. I think if you're really biased about the mainstream media, you're probably surprised that they're saying those things. I was shocked. Things. I was but, a good thing there were uh, armrests on my chair, so I didn't fall off the chair. I think think that the mainstream media is covering it. Aww. I will say, I mean, that's one thing that's that that's that. one thing that's still interesting is that Trump's incredible need to be relevant um, and in the spotlight. You don't see any of the other presidents who have as much more or more information and and perspective as he. He's still sort of clamoring to yeah. be in the conversation and not supporting. The government as it's duly elected Obama was now. louder I'm than past presidents when no, he was no. future president, presidential mm-hmm. cycle. He did speak he out was. on some things I can't think about now. I don't know that he was the same, but I am emotionally not, same, not ready to be talking there. about the next presidential election. I want to get midterms over with and that's then fair. think about it. Right now, that's I'm just fair. like, I'm you. come on. Can we yeah, all just like chill out for just a second? Uh, no chill happening here. The League of Women Voters is suing to block Utah's new congressional map. Those maps, uh, even by Governor Cox's admittal, say, yes, they were gerrymandered. Were they gerrymandered illegally? No, but they were gerrymandered. Now, um, there's a lot of talk online right now about whether gerrymandering should happen. In a perfect world, there would be no gerrymandering. I think that's a funny word anyways. (laughs) But unfortunately, states that are weighted like Utah, whether it's Republican or Democrat, there's gerrymandering that goes on. Uh, There's been a lot of lawsuits going on. Maura, do you think they have a chance or a case here, or is this just the way that our imperfect political system works right now? Well, I mean, some interesting components are that because you had a ballot measure, I'm just speaking legally, not sort of what you liked, but because you had a ballot measure and because there was a law in place with the ballot measure, then you had a legislature that amended that. Um, And so that starts to lay out a legal framework. Let me tell you what I am interested in this. We uh, do not, I'm not litigious, and I don't tend to think that that's the path, but I think legal precedence is really helpful, and Utah has less than average legal precedence when it comes to our election law, our election law, and it's partly because we don't, um, we don't have enough point counterpoint, so we tend to not 
to not litigate after. I am pleased with this because I think it creates the opportunity to set precedence. I don't know if it's going to turn out the way that the folks who are bringing the suit wanted to. Yeah. But I think any amount of clarity in Utah's election law, which is in some instances silent and vague, perhaps by design even. It is interesting, Heidi, you said this though, I think there are 21 states that had lit- litigation. So yeah. far we've seen the Supreme Court weigh in on three states. Um, the Supreme Court has ruled for both Republicans and Democrats. I mean, they've they've sort of punished and rewarded both parties hmm. in that instance. And you see certainly um, district courts who have weighed in heavily on this past mm-hmm. cycle. So I think you've seen people going to the court system. I don't. I, I won't speak more to win or loss, but I will speak to the importance in setting down legal precedents in election law. And they'll have to decide if they're going to decide and have any effect on the midterm elections. They would have to decide fairly soon because elections are getting rocking and it's, rolling. It's not going right to go now. anywhere. Well, that I, ship almost sailed. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's not going to go anywhere because of the time frame you're talking about there. And I'll tell you another, we, when I was at, when I was serving in 2010, we were under a litigation hold as we were doing the, the redistricting process, right. which meant we had to keep every scrap of paper and we had to drop them in boxes and anywhere we created any kind of document, you couldn't leave the room with it. And that was in preparation of a lawsuit that never showed up. If you're not, if you don't even have the litigation hold to have this vol- that like they had in 2010, yeah. the volume of information that you right. want to base it on, I don't know what they're going to do. The, the, our state constitution is, uh, particularly uh, pronounced on the legislative branch is the one that makes these decisions. Well, it's also equally pronounced, though, on the right that citizens have to um, shape their ballot. If, and, and I mean, and, that's the opposing and, yeah. section, and, right? And I, that's I will the say, though, section. that some of the amendments to the ballot measure that barely passed, but it did pass, oh, um, okay. it was untenable when it when it passed where it wasn't going to work. I mean, they had like one shot at when you had to take it or leave it. And and so they changed that that process a little bit to make it more actually workable. But then you had Rob Bishop in the very, like, the 11th hour of their process, who was a board member appointed by the Speaker, who resigned in protest. And so it really added some cynicism to their so-called unpolitical or apolitical approach that you had a That a highly partisan congressman no, but, made know, a political no, action just, at the he end. Couldn't have, he couldn't – he felt like he was on the rural side of it, that they were – he was, you know, It was a being political thwarted. action. I don't know. Mm. I, I – but I, I think it's good. I think it's good that I, I don't this, feel like this is litigious. I think this, litigious. I think this is. I think this is going to clarify portions of our law. <laughs> if it Clarity fails in nice. terms of its litigation, the precedent is going to be stronger for the legislative process. Won't like be? I said, I don't know what the outcome is, but either way, it's clarity, isn't it? Yeah. Now. No, yeah. you're right. I, I, I agree. Of the legislative we agree on process, that. That's kind of weird. Ooh. Yeah. It'll be uh, clear. It'll so, be more clear. <laughs> last week, we were talking about uh, the end of the legislative session and how the transgender bill was pushed through um, at the last second. The governor, um, I think a little surprised by it, uh, came out during his 10 o'clock you know, live hits and was just like, sorry, I'm going to veto if it makes it to my desk. I was interesting that, interested this week that Senator Dan McKay, who was um, pushing and working with this bill at the last second, went and met with Governor Cox and said he apologized. Greg, did he need to apologize, or is this just how it works? Because technically the legislature doesn't owe anything to the governor nor the governor to the legislature, although I would assume that having a nice working relationship probably helps you get stuff done. Yeah, I, this is my take, and again, this isn't – actually, this isn't from any conversations with former colleagues or anything. This, this is, is just This is just okay. Citizen Hughes from the cheap seats. Okay. Uh, the bills are substituted and amended all the way up to the end of this uh, at midnight, and nobody's clearing that with the executive branch. Now, this bill admittedly had a lot more attention to it, but there isn't any. There's no violation of process that a bill that that bill was changed, and that they and they they obviously the Senate spoke about it in caucus because they knew kind of where their votes were going to be. But I think what was happening there is Senator McKay was saying, "Look, if this is a 
if this is a reason why people would ultimately not vote to override the veto, my colleagues in the in the Senate or maybe even the House, let me get it, let me get that let me get that variable off the table and just say, look, I'm sorry if that was something I should have done and that you felt was a lot more needed than than I did, then that's a bad on that's my bad. And I think he's just trying to take the late the late nature of the of the uh, amendment of the bill or the substitute of the bill and try to take the offended part out of the equation like don't be offended by the process we do this a lot and if and if anyone messed up it was me and i apologize for that hoping that you'll get to the substance of the bill and the merit of the bill more than trying to say it's a process issue which is kind of selective in its logic i found this apology confusing at best disingenuous at most (laughs) so like i just found it mostly confusing because of what you're saying i think that process is a part of lawmaking. It is. Absolutely. 100%. And if you don't think process is, then you are crazy. You won't and be good at it. President Adams, when it was done, said, this is what we did, and I'm standing by what we did. Yeah. And that the bill sponsor tried to split the baby, I found, again, at best confusing, at most disingenuous. You don't please everybody, you make law. And if he's earnest about that being a law, he gamed the last day, and I don't say that as a pejorative. He worked his piece of legislation the way he wanted to work it. Why are you apologizing for it? So one way or the other now, I'm lacking trust. I didn't like the apology. I didn't like the process, but I respected that it was the rules of the game, right? And that he... And it is a game sometimes. But but he also, what we know of that night, it was done intentionally. And so again, it's the prerogative of the body to work that way. And the body knows to work that way. And I'm sort of supporting that process. So I found the apology confusing because why would would you not well, stand clear, by your work? Let me clear it up for you so it's not confusing because you can like it or dislike it. But what he's saying is if that's why you would veto it, let me just tell you then can I just say I'm sorry if that's the he offense meant you to took? Do it. He meant to do it. What's yeah, he apologizing saying, I'm for? I'm sorry that in hindsight. I'm sorry you no, don't no, like how no, I do he's it? He's saying in hindsight, if that's like the big reason why you do it, I'm sorry that, that I didn't give you a heads up. I find that I'm, so I apologize. full of malarkey I think that he's just trying to take dooey. that variable like, off the table. That's so doughy-eyed. That's so like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't understand that cramming a really controversial bill at the last minute would perhaps cause conflict. I think, I Who could have saw that I coming? Let's take, like that, let's take the offense on process off the table. I'm sorry in hindsight. I should have probably stand you by call. your process, like man up to that. I thought it was brilliant play strategy, so don't do apologize. Now. I did what I you did. do right now. You, you wouldn't you have said that. No, I am night. absolutely against the bill, and I and and I didn't like that it was gamed, but I didn't I didn't doubt the process, and I don't like the disingenuous about it. I prefer the I, the, I think I prefer the president's point the, of view. That's like, hey, is what it is, my oh, friend. The president, the president, president spoke right. to it. So, but I will just say this. I think again. Not to belabor this point, but I think he wants to get to the merit of the bill more than the, yeah, than the offense on the a, process. Because he's that, a finding the offense no, is but, going to mess up his bill. No, but that is, this is survival. That's a good reason, not a real reason. I it's think he's trying to take apology, their, he's trying a, to take those other reasons like, oh, we're so offended at process. No, you're yeah, not actually. So he, let's he doesn't get to the have merit the support he needs, so he's like, now that I don't have the support... I sure hope I didn't offend anybody I, I, by game-playing a controversial I, I bill at the end the governor, of the session. I think he wants the governor to really make a decision yeah, to on vote that bill. for him. On its policy, not on on the process, which well, is a weaker argument. He blew argument. that when he crammed a controversial bill at the end of the no, session. You don't kill it because, to your point earlier, that is the process. That's right. the process. Right, well, and the, the other process is, is that it can be vetoed. <laughs>
I'm bored. Quick cut. Okay, we missed. Oh, that's a gross analogy. I know. You know. I tried that story with my kids once when they were fighting over the dog. They're still scarred by that. Yeah, really. it's like that's yeah. horrible. They didn't want to go biblical. Yeah, yeah, they did not. I was like, I yeah. will cut this dog yeah. in half. And <laughs> they're still bringing wow. up as one of my worst parents. Up in the ante is awesome. the family pet. I love that. Like, grab the cleaver. Way to go, Heidi. I know. <laughs> Welcome to my life. That's this great. is how I. This is how I parent. Hey, last but not least, uh, this is not a light topic, but um, as we're watching what's happening in Ukraine, more than three million refugees at this point, which is basically, uh, I mean, if you were to take everyone in Utah and shove them out of their homes, that's a lot of people when you think about it. Um, and interestingly enough, as this is all playing out, we're in week three. Uh, the other headline today, McDonald's, we know, pulled out last week. Now Putin has come up with his own McDonald's, and he's turned the McDonald's logo sideways, and it's a state-sponsored McDonald's, but it looks like a butt. Are you kidding? And you can really? That's like McDonald's. coming to America, McDowell's. Remember that restaurant? Yeah. They totally copied McDonald's. <laughs> it, it was like awesome. This. So it's like, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, come so on. That is hilarious. That's if you amazing. can see it, it looks so like a bee. They're like, don't worry. You can... Get your McDonald's, yeah. It's wow. like McDowell's. Sideways. Yeah. So Come I don't know. America, Maybe McDonald's will what, sue. That's amazing. Yeah. It is weird. But um, interestingly enough, in the middle of everything that's going on in Ukraine, the Salt Lake Tribune um, ran an op-ed, and it called out uh, to our, two of our congressional leaders. Um, I have it written down here so I can read it for you and get it all right. But uh, – Senator Lee and Congressman Stewart are pushing back after this because they were criticized by Alexander Vindman. He was born in Ukraine, and if you don't know his name, he was the one who blew the whistle on former President Trump and the 2019 phone call with Ukraine's president, who we now know as Zelensky, uh, that led his first impeachment. Um, He's saying that both Chris Stewart and Senator Mike Lee, because of their support of President Trump, have blood on their hands. do they have anything to – I'm going to let you go first on this, Greg. Do they have anything where they should say, you know what, I should check myself, what I've said could, you know, partially be to blame what's happening in Ukraine and with Russia, or is that just like – Not even close. Whoa, crossing uh, the, the, the line. The, the merit of, of the President Trump calling Zelensky and saying you got corruption in your country, uh, you got to watch for this, you got to look at this. It, it, it's real. It's been verified. New York Times just said that the Hunter Biden laptop and its emails actually are true, and they are verified. That came, you know, over a year after it, New York Post broke that yeah, story. Yeah, two years. So, yeah, two years. So, look, there was corruption going on. There is problems in that country, and that was never an, an, an impeachable offense. And I'll just say this, that, and I just looked it up. Robert O'Brien, who was uh, the National Security Advisor for President Trump, when it was said by – I think Ev- Evan McMuffin about Trump, about the, he made Evan the same McMullen. accusation about about uh, Mike Lee, Senator Lee. It, it's it's just absolutely it's blather. It's not true. They aren't they aren't complicit. This whole argument that every Republican that speaks is a is a Russian plant is just a, such a tired uh, argument, and they don't give it up. They never give it up. It's you know it, it, you see you saw Romney get called out on this. He called. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, a treasonous liar. And then she just went and showed every – she went and, and – and, I was a little surprised when over, he tweeted that because it was a pretty bold tweet. It well, didn't come I from mean, you had Pentagon, account, you had Pentagon talking points yeah. that were showing us within the last week. You had uh, testimony to the Senate about these labs existing, and they, they were worried about them being taken over by Russia. They're, so for him to – so for, for – whether it's Romney saying that someone is, a, is, is treasonous in what they're saying and then being proven that that's not the case, whether it's – Trump and now now it's Mike Lee. This is a tired narrative that's never come. It's not true, and I just don't even know why Democrats go this way. 
And I and I'm speaking about the Tribune when I say Democrats. It was an interesting move to me, Mara, because um, I think one of the problems that we have right now when outside countries look into the U.S., they see that we're divided, and I think the more divided we are, probably a better place for them to wreak havoc on the world. Um, is this just one of those things that's divisive and just doesn't help anyone, or is there real merit to the argument that you know what we say matters? Well, I, I think there's merit. I mean. Y- y- you're tired of it, but you saw how passionate, let's call it passion, that Greg is about this topic. It bugs me, so yeah. So one thing I'll say is I think Vindman is really a credible source. I think he has a life of public service. I think he's largely stayed out of partisanship. Um, and I think he is an incredibly credible source. I don't want to skip over that part. I think um, the Tribune of late sometimes lacks context to when they're giving stories. And so I want to be the first to say that in reading the Tribune article, I don't know if it had the full context of his interview or not because I really find Vidman to be an honest broker in this area. The one thing it continues to point out though, particularly to our senators and our elected officials are that your words matter and we've become so blasé about the respect we're bringing to the office on all sides. I am not, this is a, this no, is that's everything. That's what I was going to say. And that, I think we need to street, slow yeah. down and I, I know it's hard to hear the criticism in the context of partisanship. But what I think he is saying is America has always had a hard time with an international point of view. We've always had a hard time about how much our words matter. And I think during the time several years ago when many people were being more supportive of the Putin administration than we had seen in in America, and I'm not being Republican or Democrat about it, that we do know that Russia is really good at these campaigns of, of bastardizing public speech. And America is not quite tuned into them because, to our credit, we have not had mass propaganda. For as much as Greg and I will sometimes sport about propaganda, it isn't the insidiousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, what I'm trying to balance is I really trust Vindman. I sometimes don't trust that the Tribune of late is giving context to things. But I also think the underlying message, if we could just put our weapons down for a second and say to our elected officials, your words matter. And please don't get caught up in the fray of the moment in the house and the body you're in. Please represent America. Words matter, but I don't know that we can say they have blood on their hands, right? I think it's a bridge too far. I mean, that seems like that is just a passion statement. There's no analysis to that, right? There can't, that that can't be taken literally. But But it undermines that credibility that you're speaking of when you, when it's, it's so. Well, Greg, I mean, if we, if we take a sentence out of your book and I still find you credible, right? My friend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, whatever. And believe it or not, when you listen to them, they actually are friends. I don't know if you go for, out for ice Us? cream cones afterwards. No, we are. But we yeah, are. I would, yeah, I would consider we go, this. I like crazy. Obviously, clearly, I love crazy people. Cone. They're my friends. I, <laughs> no, I love it. Like, I can hang out with Greg people and Jim DeBacchus in their old days of hanging out here would go get ice cream cones yeah, afterwards. So They'd I don't do know that, that you guys get ice cream cones, but there's carpooling and friendship here. There's dairy in that ice cream. Why don't I get any? You don't give me anything. I don't even know Yeah, we have a dairy-free ice cream place. There's no dairy in the ice cream. You know how offensive that is, but I get it. You offered me a Greg Hughes for Governor Mask because your your supporters wouldn't wear it. That's I know. all I've been offering from you. I, yeah. It's How lame. Many, do you it's have thin. cases of oh, those I have at a your ton house? Of those if you want them. <laughs> oh my them. gosh. Well, keep them out. Because They're awesome. You can put 40, them the other way. You don't have to put the logo. for a dozen. The logo's a little dated, I know, but you can actually yeah. turn it inside out and they, they it's work. It's not a bad idea. They work fine Fauci's for those that want to wear has been on vacation for a few weeks. He's back and says, keep your masks ready. It's cloth, so heaven help us. Oh, look. 
You've got one in the room. <laughs> All in its plastic wrap, That's ready right. to go for it's the ready next go. swag. Next piece of the pandemic. Well, thanks for being with us, and happy first weekend of spring. I think it's actually going to snow on the first day of spring, but uh, happy spring uh, skiing on yeah. the day before. Uh, yeah. yeah. I hate that. The spring mm. roller coaster We get these here. fake springs that make us think I'm it's okay coming, with, and then it I'm pulls okay the rug out from snow. under us. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to vote for spring snow. Yuck. You are? Mm. All right. I'm, no, I'm done. Spring, yeah, don't even talk about droughts. We had enough precipitation. We're I done know. here. We, I do enjoy drinking no water and showering, though, and watering yeah. my lawn I'm and all done. that good stuff. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next week. 